Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing this week? What's going on? I'm good. Uh, I am not as busy as last week. <laughs> I'm off to Lithuania on Friday. Um, oh, I decided hell. that uh, another holiday. I've, 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 yeah, I've decided that um, I've been at home for too long. Uh, so I'm going to take a couple of days out in uh, Vilnius in uh, in Lithuania. Not a place I've been before, mm. but they seem to be a little easier to get into than uh, places like, well, literally anywhere else, to be quite frank. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to going to do that for a couple of days with a mate. So oh, wow. Good job. Yeah, you are well, the first person I think I've ever met who's gone to Lithuania. I we must have some Lithuanian <laughs> listeners because a lot of our listeners oh, are from chewy. exotic lands like Poland and and France. And Germany. <laughs> That's all you've got. That's the most <laughs> exotic uh, lands. Exotic you've got, yeah. Just, Very exotic <laughs> lands. <laughs> but uh, oh, that'll be fun. And I'm also jealous because yeah. I still haven't left Japan and you're already going off on your second holiday of the month, having just come back from the Canary Islands. You well, lucky you devil. yourself out, don't you? You just, you just don't want to fill in the, the forms that you have to fill in to get out of, of Japan. It's a lot of effort. I, I mean, you know what I'm like. I, if, if, it, if, it, if it requires filling in a form, it ain't going to happen. But I did just get back from Kyoto, so maybe that kind of counts as a holiday, being in mm. old Kyoto. I did a, a, a slightly drunken live show this week. Um, I've been doing a lot of live shows recently. Another under one. The, another drunken I know, one. Another drunken one. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. It was on the second channel. Basically, I got a like it was a sponsored live show. Mm. Um, it, was a, it was a brand in, in uh, Kyoto, a gin brand called Kinobi. Mm. And uh, I know the owner, David, is a good friend. And it's their fifth year anniversary. They've won all the gin awards. They're like the top gin in Japan. They've won like the craft mm. gin award of the year around the world. They do so well. And uh, I went down there because I love the brand, drink it a lot. And I thought I'd do a live show and uh, interview him and the bartender, have five or six cocktails. But because the first live show was a technical fucking disaster... I had to, we had to like 10 minutes in, we had to stop the show and restart it. Um, right. Meaning I had about eight cocktails filled with 45% content gin, <laughs> alcoholic and content. And well, you can watch me like about an hour in to the sort of hour and a half live show. I just start to slur my words. I'm yes. a little bit rude. It gets quite Get uncomfortable. 
poor old David. He's got poor old David, who's this, you know, he's a British guy as well. This is another reason I love the gin. It's, uh, it's run by a, a Brit. So I feel mm. kind of patriotic about that, that uh, mm. the best gin brand in, in Japan is half British. But uh, yeah, you can see him sort of looking like, oh God, this is, get, this is getting out of hand because I'm just being really terrible and awful and unprofessional. But when all is said and done, it went quite well. And uh, I, I struggled to watch back the show. I had lots of comments from people sort of saying it was fun watching me get drunk. So there you go. Don't do a live show while drinking eight to nine cocktails. That's That should be a given, really. <laughs> that's that's live show believe. one-on-one, presumably. You can't you can combat yes. your, your, your technical snafus. You can um, deal with that sort of thing, roll with punches there. But, um, yeah, drinking a half a bottle of gin, it's not great. It's not great any day, I would say. <laughs> it's quite stressful. No. A valuable lesson learned, a valuable <laughs> lesson. And also I released the first Abroad in Japan video in a while, um, sitting in this very chair where I am now. Uh, in the video, I ate and drank 21 of my favorite things from Japanese convenience stores. Although fr- Family Mart fried chicken was conspicuously absent um, because oh. I think I've done enough fried food for the year. But I've got loads of comments on the video of people being like, Chris don't make these kind of videos for your health. Don't do it. I want to see you live. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I don't eat this much crap every week no. um, on any given day. You know, it's a special occasion. It was what the was, first video was in the studio. What was your favorite um, bit of uh, ket, as the, as the Northeasterns sometimes call it, uh, um, in, in the studio? It was probably this. This is cream oh, colon. Showing off. Oh, cream colon. Cream colon. A bit of a classic, really, isn't it? A bit of a classic, it is, uh, yeah. cheeky Japanese bit of uh, Japanglish, isn't it? Have you have you ever had it before? Cream colon? I've not. It's just one of those things that I just know it's not going to be nice. Uh, and <laughs> I've I've there's there's way more weird stuff to impress people with. I think so. Even bringing back your your creamed colon, uh, which sounds absolutely horrific. Uh, you know, yeah, you, there's other silly things to to show people. I think it's fair to say. Well, it's like little. It's like a little tube of biscuit filled with cream, and it looks like mm. someone's done a like just chopped up a colon. Um, I realise colon has. <laughs> One L, but uh, yeah, yeah, cream colon. It was good. It was good. But uh, that was the first <laughs> video to inaugurate the brand new Abroad in Japan studio, which is dangerously close to being finished now. Dangerously close. Mm. Still not done. Um, yeah, very exciting times. And when's then tomorrow. The, the set guy coming in and then uh, to, to, to put your set together? Yeah, so the set is being built in a room mm. in, I think, Saitama or Chiba. I'm not entirely oh, okay. sure. And then they're, they're sort of building it all. It's like this whole street and they're building it down there and then they're going to sort of ship it up in a truck or two and hopefully in the space yeah. of one day, get it in the studio and assemble it all. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. Have, yeah. have we talked about the plans for this set on the live show? Or no, sorry, on yeah, the podcast? Yeah, I think, I, I think on the podcast, yeah, you've definitely discussed mm. that you're going to be doing like a little sort of Blade Runner kind of style uh, ramen yeah. shop, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it, explaining it, it, it sounds a little bit cheap maybe, but the real thing, it's going to be mind-blowing. Mm. But we'll save that for when it's done. We've got a story this week from a person who has no name. <laughs> there is no name. Why, why there is there no, no name? name? There is no name. We have My left, name is Jessica. We have left out Jessica. your name. It's Jessica, is it? All right, good. It's Jessica. Where did you, yeah. you see that? Where did you see Jessica? In okay. the first paragraph, Mr. Don't Read Anything. <laughs> I should have read the story first. Hi, Chris and Pete. Did that sound weird? Oh, she said, sorry. She says, hi, Pete and Chris. Did that sound weird? Oh, yeah, it sounds so weird, Jessica. I turned it around subconsciously. Hi, Pete and Chris. Um, <laughs> you'd, I hope you two are doing well. I'm a longtime follower of the podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Jessica, and I'm writing from Tennessee in the USA. I would like to tell yeah. you about the time I was lost 
in Japan. I studied abroad in Japan in the summer of 2018, and I went to an international school in Shibuya. And my host family lived in Saitama, just outside of Tokyo. The program also placed me with another student who was from Italy. It took my host sister and me an hour every day to get to our school. And our host parents told us to always stay together. But she would just leave me all the time. Um, She had a friend that came (laughs) with her that she clung to. Bitch. Uh, Well, my third (laughs) night in Japan... With my, well, my third night in Japan, with no surprise, she left me once again. The school and my host family did not give me good instructions on how to get to and from school. I got off to what I thought was my bus stop. I didn't know where I was. Luckily, I downloaded an offline map ahead of time, and this was the perfect time to use it. Unfortunately, it told me to go down a dark alleyway. Uh-oh. Oh, God, it sounds like the start of a horror film. I don't care how Japan, how safe Japan is. I'm not going down the dark alleyway, especially not in the middle of the night. So I went another way. The map would not reroute. It was useless. At this point, tears started to roll down my eyes. I was scared. I knocked on a door and tried to ask for help. That didn't work. Next, I saw a father and daughter walking into another house. I flagged them down for help. I showed them my address, but they did not know where my house was. I burst into a hysterical cry. I'm going to have to fall asleep here in the streets, I told myself. Finally, (laughs) I saw a man outside smoking a cigarette. His English was limited, but he understood my situation. Was it Natsuki? (laughs) Was it Natsuki? He went inside to get something. The next thing I knew, I was surrounded by the police. When when he came out, he was just as confused as I was. Someone called the police on me, apparently. Oh, God. Uh, Either way, they were trying to help or they were afraid of me. The man explained to the police my situation. One cop got on a motorcycle and drove away. The whole time, a female cop was hugging me, trying to calm me down. (laughs) A few moments later, my host father appeared. As we walked home together, he asked, where's your sister? I replied, she left me. He held up a fist and punched the air. Turns out my house was just around the corner, 120 seconds away. After that, I tried not to talk to my host sister. I was angry, but I noticed that she was just shy. We then became best friends. I actually went to visit her in Italy this summer. I hadn't seen her since Japan three years ago. Oh, a happy ending there to a story of chaos and despair, crying, asking half of Japan where the house is. But at least you got home. Crikey. Where is you your that? sister? That's terrible, isn't it? Like, um, it, but can you get away with sort of saying that shyness when uh, Lass has just left you absolutely in the lurch? Terrible stuff, isn't it? Awful. So the host sister was Italian. Oh, I, have I got that right? Yeah. No, no, I believe that. Um, no, that can't be right, can it? I mean, no, I think the host sister was uh, Japanese, an international school in Shibuya. Oh no, wait, sorry, yeah. The program also placed me with another student who was indeed from Italy. So the so the sister was from Italy, ah. uh, and well, she, and she just she, yeah. she just yeah, yeah, yeah. damn it! Oh, I was hoisted you by my own the petard test. there, my own Italian petard. Unbelievable, but yeah, not not ideal. Just wandering the streets as a, as a young lass, but uh, yeah, but it turns out uh, they mended those bridges, and 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 now uh, Jessica goes to visit the Italian sister. <laughs> it's a Netflix documentary in the making with a, a strong exactly. narrative arc filled with despair, horror, friendship, hatred. Be a good little short film, that. And the rest. This, speaking of hatred, this week's news mm. story is a fun one. I say fun, it's a disaster. Um, a host club in Japan uh, has sparked outrage on social media for, <laughs> for dressing its guys up like the Nazis, a Nazi-themed host club, um, mm. which is... A bold move, 
Uh, I don't know what they were thinking. Um, a newly opened Nazi-themed host club in the Japanese city of Osaka sparked outrage, leading it to shut shut down and issue an apology for the lack of awareness amongst the staff on Tuesday, multiple news outlets reported. Uh, dubbed unfair, the host club, a type of cabaret nightclub where attractive men serve drinks, sing and engage in conversations with the customers, had advertised itself on several host sites with the club's hosts dressed in full Nazi cosplay. Where the hell do you get Nazi cosplay in the first place? I've never seen that at Don Quixote, thank God. You have to make it yourself, surely. Oh, God. I mean, this is so this is a host club, right? I think most people, when we think of these sort of clubs in Japan, we have hostess clubs, right? As you find in your beloved Yakuza video game series, right? I think you do, you can do that as a mini game, right? I believe so, yeah, in one of them. You, you haven't done it, have you? I, I can't remember doing it. There's certainly host, there's hostess clubs. I remember you run one of them in, I think, Yakuza 0. Uh, mm. Quite a fun little um, little sub-game, really. But, uh, yeah, you, um, it, it, yeah, but, but uh, host clubs, <laughs> very much like handsome men in sort of 70 suits hanging out, touting for business outside uh, outside their clubs, bringing women in for a, for a little chat. And lots of money, basically mm. taken out of them. Lots of money. I know... Um, like Connor did a video at one of them where he was a host and uh, you basically just have to speak to women, flirt with them, get them mm. to buy you more drinks and whatnot. Mm. Presumably in this one, while well, dressed as Joseph Goebbels. And it's uh, it's not gone down very well, uh, unsurprisingly. Uh, okay. This is disgusting. Tweeted UK anti-Semitism watchdog NGO campaign against anti-Semitism. Uh, this is, I mean, it's it's been a a bad year for this sort of thing. Earlier on in the year, we had the director of the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics who was criticised for having made anti-Semitic jokes in the past. And also we had a promotional video for the Olympics involving footage from Nazi propaganda uh, in the 1936 Olympics. So it's been a bad year mm. for Nazi stuff in Japan. It's been a bad year, for, bad, bad year for the Japanese. Yeah, uh, just the idea of... Um... I mean, when I was in, uh, I think probably was Shibuya or Shinjuku, uh, some Halloween about five years ago, four years ago, um, I saw a bloke dressed in full Nazi regalia on the, mm. on the, on the tube platform. Um, and it's not something that seems to be ever present in, in Japanese, and certainly Japanese youth's mm. minds, uh, simply because um, I, I guess they probably don't talk about it as much. And, you know, the, the, the World War, although it obviously visited... Uh, the, the Japanese islands um, with horrific um, consequences. Um, perhaps the 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 taint, the the kind of history of of, of that isn't really discussed in schools as much because obviously the the the, mm. the Japanese were were a part of uh, being what you would call the aggressors in the situation, and um and and obviously Japan sort of regenerated massively um after the war and there's very little um still around. That became allies sort of, of pre forty five, mm. and it obviously became allies. So it, it's kind of it, it's probably not discussed as much as it is uh, in Europe. Certainly not in Britain. I mean, Jesus Christ, the amount of uh, we cachet, glorify, don't we? political cachet we uh, uh, our, our leaders um, frequently cowardly themselves leaders uh, take from stuff like the D Day landings and uh, and Dunkirk and stuff like that are, uh, mm, mm. Are, are frequently astonishing. To be quite frank, it's it's such an interesting contrast coming from the UK to Japan. In the UK. Mm. Morning, day, night, you will hear about World War Two, right? You'll hear yeah. it, see it. Um, it's very much sort of not glorified, but uh, obviously because it, it was a very big thing uh, in the UK that we won and we came through it. Whereas in Japan, obviously, as they lost, there was a lot of guilt and sort of shame associated with it. 
And the truth, yeah, the truth is, I, I I don't think I've ever really spoken to many Japanese people here about World War Two. They mm. don't really talk about it much. You don't have reruns of World War Two documentaries on TV day and night like we There's do no in Alo the and UK all in Japanese. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just not really covered here. Um, mm. So they probably, I if I were to take ten Japanese people and ask them about the Holocaust, I think you would find there would be scarcely any information. They they wouldn't have mm. much knowledge on the Holocaust and the horrors of what happened in Europe, uh, you know. So that is a bit of a problem, but I guess there's a lot of sort of shame and guilt associated with it. Um, mm. The only bit of World War Two that you do hear about a lot here is, of course, the sort of atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, uh, mm. which you hear about a fair bit. But uh, yeah, no, you, you just don't hear about World War Two much in Japan. Hence, the ignorance and the Nazis seem to be not as vilified in Japan as they are in sort of Western media, right? That's what I found mm. over the years anyway. Yeah, so, and, and there's a certain kind of, I mean, everything is open for cosplay in Japan, I think it's fair to say, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but this is where it kind of, yeah, yeah, a line needs to be drawn somewhere, I would say. And, and, and look, you can say if it's good enough for David Boy, he enjoyed buying, buying and uh, keeping Nazi memorabilia and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it, it still shouldn't be taking place in uh, in, in mm-hmm. modern society in 2021. The only good thing about the sort of the only good thing about Japan and World War Two afterwards is the country has remained staunchly pacifist. They've uh, they're a very sort of peaceful nation now, and uh, they're very much against war. So as a whole, that's one good thing to come from it. But yeah, don't be surprised if you come to Japan. People here, they just don't really talk about World War Two much. It's just not mm. as big a thing. So don't be mm. surprised by that. You know, people often ask me, what do Japanese people think of World War Two? Nothing from from what I've gathered over the years. But you never know. <laughs> we should sit down with Otto Natsuki and, uh, and grill them on it. Chat I, about the war. <laughs> I remember, what did you do I remember, in the war, daddy? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> Alive. I remember I was, in a, I was in a hostess club with Natsuki once and they were playing Pearl Harbor. And I went, look at that, Natsuki, it's terrible. Buy me a beer. And he bought me a beer. So <laughs> that's, that's, Sorry for Pearl Harbor. I was like, I look mean, at that. That, that, is, that it is, was, is big licks, isn't it? It was the moment where like a plane like blows up one of the battleships and Cuba Gooding mm. Jr. is like running down the boat. And I was like, look at that. Can you believe that, Natsuki? Such <laughs> violence. Buy me a beer. And he did. And uh, I feel a bit bad for that. Exploiting Pearl Harbor for a free drink. Show me the money. From Natsuki. (laughs) We'll be back in a minute with the fax machine, your questions and stories this week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, I'm Hazel Hayes. And I'm Sheehan Todd. And welcome to our brand new podcast, We're Not Fucking Historians. It sounds like I'm saying we're not fucking historians. Yeah, we're saying we're not experts. We're not historians ourselves. Not that we're not having sex with historians. No historians getting fucked on this pod. Zero historians getting fucked on this podcast. We are, in fact, your alternative guide to Irish history. Every week we prize open the history books and find a new tale from the Emerald Isle's colourful past. We're exploring Ireland's traditions, its rich heritage and its long, proud history of being invaded by literally anyone with a boat. The Vikings were showing up at the monastery going, where's that booty? The earliest booty it's call. <laughs> it's the booty call you didn't want. <laughs> 50 Scandinavian Vikings showed up. Or our biggest celeb, St. Paddy. He says he prayed up to 100 times a day and sometimes during the night. <laughs> That's what a five-year-old would say. I prayed 100 times, I swear. Patrick also said he was fastest in his slippers. <laughs> He's a fucking belly bullshitter. If, like us, you're the kind of person who's interested in history but not so interested that you'd go read a book about it or listen to actual experts, then this is the show for you. This is history done differently with a couple of facts and plenty of crack. So, join us on our journey through Ireland's past. Search We're Not Fucking Historians on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we're not fucking historians. historians. (laughs) Sorry, I was far too fast there. We're Not Fucking Historians is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Now we're back with the fax machine. What do we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Donaldson? We got a message from Audrey, the expat in London. I recently moved to England from Canada, and one of the things I've noticed is that the English generally communicate in a much more indirect way than what I was used to working in Canada and the US. I've been reading up on English communication styles and culture, and several times authors have noted parallels between English and Japanese cultures, uh, mainly indirectness, modesty, and a high amount of self-depreciation. My question is, do you agree? Do you think people coming from the UK have an easier time adjusting to Japanese communication styles and culture than, say, Americans, Canadians, or Australians? Cheers, Audrey the expat in London. Chris, I'm very much of the opinion that uh, it is easier for British people to transition uh, than the Americans, because the Americans, uh, in particular, uh, are very um, they're very open to saying how they feel, and, and, and the British are repressed as hell. <laughs> I'd say that's fairly accurate, yeah. We don't really yeah. talk about our feelings much, actually. No. Um, whereas in America, you know, it's it's fair game. Um, I've noticed when I receive emails from different, uh, from viewers from different countries who just want to send me a message or something, there's, there's a very different structure 
Um, for for example, from American viewers and listeners, the the message there's like the top paragraph will always be sort of introducing who they are, what they do, and talking a bit about themselves. Right, just sort of say, "Hi, my name is Barry. I'm from Alabama, and I do X, Y, Z." And then they'll sort of lead into it. Whereas in the UK, when I get messages from British viewers or listeners, they don't have that paragraph at all. They don't want to talk about who they are or what they do in the same way. So I don't know. I do find that, though. I do find British people, we are a bit more, I don't know, I think we keep our opinions to ourselves a bit more generally uh, and sort of hold back a bit more, Uh, certainly in displays of emotion. We're very kind of monotonous and stoic and boring and horrible as a people. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd say that's accurate. I'd say that's an accurate generalization. Any thoughts on that, Pete? What do you reckon? No, I, th- I, th- I completely agree. I think we're very uh, roundabout people. We're terribly uh, worried that we're going to upset people. Uh, but then we end mm. up upsetting people anyway by being a little bit indirect and, and a bit useless. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're very, <laughs> very repressed. Very, very repressed indeed. <laughs> you'll you'll be fine, Audrey. If you come if you come to Japan, you'll be fine. Yeah, um, absolutely fine. Greetings from Finland, Radio God Pete Donaldson and Chris. I'm uh, oh, it's a difficult name. I'm Juicy oh, Juicy Vitanen. Juicy Vitanen. I and I Juicy Juicy. It's pronounced Juicy. Juicy Vitanen. And I'm aspiring. I'm an aspiring confectioner. Oh, my dream is to open up a confectionery business one day. Juicy Vitanen confectionery. What are you guys? What's your favourite sweets or snacks? And do you know of any confectioneries in Japan? I must know to feed my insatiable sweet tooth. You see from Finland. Well, you see. Check out the video that I posted uh, just a day ago. It's the perfect one, actually. 21 things. Many of them are sweets. Uh, one of them that I had in the video was uh, was this, Gabba for Sleep. Have you ever seen this, Pete? Gabba for Sleep. Oh, no, what's you might that? Like. It looks like? It looks like a little, um, it looks a little medical. It looks it's, it's a, like a medical chocolate. It's it's weird, right? Like a lot of confectionery in Japan, they play up the medicinal qualities of it. And Gamma for sleep, it's just chocolate. And it's got gamma amino butric acid in, which <laughs> slows down the neurons in your brain, apparently, and makes you sleepy. So it's like rehypnol, oh, um, but in chocolate form. Chocolates. Sleepy chocolates. <laughs> sleepy chocolates. So Very nice. next time I go on a plane, I need to sleep. I'll take, I'll take a whole packet of Gamma for that. sleep. Gamma for sleep. <laughs> Also, stuff. what was the other one? I had, uh, I had these like cola bottles that were called Cola Up the Hard. And uh, they're like the hardest cola, cola bottles hard. known to man. Cola Up the Hard. So is it like kind of, um, is it like cola, you know, like our soft cola bottles yeah. that you get in, mm. I suppose you'd sort of say those um, kind of jelly sweets sort of thing. And, and is it like kind of like, um, is it hard like a, like a cola cube or it's is it so like a boiled hard. sweet? It's like a jelly sweet, but it's like the hardest jelly known to man. Oh, and they, they love talking about how hard it is. Like on the front, it's like, if you don't like hard gummies, put these back on the shelf. Don't touch them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like very aggressive marketing. And uh, Oh, brilliant. You can see on the back, there's a scale from one to five. But this is a five plus. It's literally off the scale of hardness. Mm. That's how hard Cola Up the Hard is. Um it's so, um, so. Is there? Do they have? I mean, they've invented that scale, and call of the hard is up at up at five rather than down at one. Um, do they produce any other products that are the call of the soft, call of the medium, call of the viscous? 
<laughs> cola the viscous. Mm. No, it starts and ends at cola up the hard. They do have just oh. the cola up, cola up gummies, but cola uh, up the hard. they lack the aggressive marketing of cola up the hard. I like, also, I like hard gummies though. I keep my um, I keep my gummies in 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 the fridge. It's just nice kind of nice hell. chewy kind of oh lovely. The thing is though, these these taste like cola bottles mixed with kind of shoe polish. They've got a very sort of bitter, oh, right. shoey taste to them Shoey. that's just not Very good yeah. <laughs> I eat shoes regularly I know what shoes taste like and also Galbo <laughs> chocolate these are chocolates uh, chocolate biscuits covered in indestructible chocolate that does not melt in your fingers or in your hands. That looks disgusting. Very clever. They, 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 it looks very like, looks like white chocolate. It looks foul. It looks like sick. It's, it's good. It's good. Ugh. White chocolate's good, Pete. But they freeze dry it so it doesn't melt. And um, as I said in the video, uh, when it's like... I used to work in a staff room when I was a teacher, right? And they had a rule where they it had to get to like 38 degrees Celsius before they put the air conditioning unit on because they were trying to right. save energy, which made no sense because I probably spent half the week just feeling dead during summer. But uh, right. you couldn't eat chocolate in the staff room because it would just melt all over the desk. So I had to get Galbo. I simply had to because it didn't melt. <laughs> it was the only thing I could eat. Sweating. Just, uh, just, sweating. just sweating before you can before you can have a bit of air con. Unbelievable. Absolutely. If I'd taken Gabba for sleeping, there would have been a, a, a sticky mess all over the table. <laughs> Dreadful. <laughs> Uh, got a message, got an email from uh, Kabir from uh, India. Congratulations to Chris for finally getting Twitter verified. Yes, uh, uh, Chris CC'd <laughs> me in on uh, a tweet about him boasting about being Twitter verified. And uh, I think I've had a message every hour uh, about that in that reply all. Um, it's really knocked my algorithm uh, all over the gaff. You deserve it. Yeah. You deserve um, it. So, so Kabir's question is, uh, why is Japan so popular for anime and not so much for movies and series? And how is the anime culture inside Japan? Thanks, Chris and Pete. Good luck. I don't know what that means. Good luck generally in life. Good luck with the podcast. Good luck with the studio. Or just good luck with this uh, answer that you're about to dispatch, Chris. Why is it so good luck. popular? Good luck with my Twitter verified status. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. It's just so good seeing that tick. It's so good. I go, right? Oh, I didn't know, but you presumably know, is when you get verified, you get a whole new notification section on Twitter. So you get like mm. notifications general. You've got mentions, if someone mentions you. And now there's a verified tab as well where I can see special elite individuals who have who've somehow got a verified tick. It shows me only their responses of which you're one and you've appeared in there a few times. <laughs> but that's 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 basically it. There's no other benefit. I don't know, really. Um, that's a tough one. I think I was speaking to an actor about this recently, um, a famous Japanese actor mm. in a, who's going to be in a video soon, um, about this. And I think the, I think we said that, uh, you know, that the budgets just aren't there anymore for movies in Japan, uh, like they were back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. People, film companies don't like to take risks in Japan as much yeah. um, because the market's very different now. And, That's uh, true everywhere, isn't it, I suppose? It is, but like Percent. obviously Japan has a, a smaller domestic market. When you make a film in English, you can, you've got so many more markets you can put it in, whereas Japan is just Japan because people don't like subtitles. And uh, I, yeah, so some, a lot of the biggest movies and adverts you see for films these days in Japan are like aimed at younger people and they mm. are not very good to put it bluntly there's a big there's been some big anime movies though isn't there like uh Yunonawa 
That was massive a few years ago. There was right. the follow-up to that, of which I can't remember the title for now. If, if, if you're talking about anime, to. you've picked the wrong guy. You want <laughs> you Jerry do, yeah. the Anime Man or Trash <laughs> Taste or anyone that's not me. Um, anime culture inside Japan, how's it viewed? Um, it's, 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 a, yeah. it's a good question, actually. You don't really I, see I a think... lot of people enjoying it. On I, I, Maybe the mobile phone mm. technology is just a little bit different and they sort of favour um, smaller devices. But I, I never see people watching it with headphones on the tube. Maybe that I see people read manga mm. quite a lot, but I just never see people um, watching it on the tube or anything. Like that, which is obviously I'm not in Japanese yeah, yeah. home, so I can't possibly um, <laughs> I can't possibly check. But breaking um, decent research. <laughs> Anybody watching anime? <laughs> I think I think you'll find that uh, obviously anime is more popular here than it is back in the UK or the US, but mm. it's probably not as popular as you think. It's probably not as yeah. watched as widely as you think. Manga. You do. You, that's a, that was a really good point, though. You do see a lot more people on the train holding manga books and uh, whatnot, manga comics, mm. than you do watching stuff. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much the limits of my knowledge of anime. It's pretty shocking, really. Mm. I do like anime. <laughs> I do like, you know, some of the films are good. Uh, what's good? Garden of Words, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, Akira. Those are the three films that I know. Do you, I mean, do you, you don't really watch anime, do you, Pete? No, no, I, I, I just, um, I mean, I find it quite difficult to find time to watch anything these days. We sat down, me and my partner sat even down. Even brought in Japan? Even brought in Japan. Well, I haven't watched your last <gasps> Robin snack video. Oh, I'm my God. Let's just eat a lot of ket for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Filler content, Pete, filler content. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> so I've not had time to do that, really. I, I'm finding it increasingly difficult to sort of find the time to do anything. I, I'm not any more busy. I've not got any more jobs or any fewer jobs. I'm just kind of like, I just don't have time to do. I played one round of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, uh, PUBG, uh, mm. last week, and that was 20 minutes, and that was kind of like notable. Uh, I notable by its presence. I was like, oh, mm. not played a video game in a long time. I'll play, I'll play a quick round of uh, that. Killed a couple of people and then drowned in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> what what do you spend all your time on? Why are you so busy? I know. Where do you I'm just, go? I don't know. I'm just working or or walking the dogs or uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just um my free time is just chomped up by just doing bits and bobs, odds and sods. Spending it all in Lithuania, from what I can gather. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing about your Lithuanian trip in. Uh, It'll be the episode after the next one. But uh, keep the stories, yeah. questions, comments coming in to Born Japan Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week, guys, to uh, fill you in on what's going on over here in Japan. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week and we'll see you then. Have yourselves a good one. Bye for now. in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 